Back to the Ticket Water Cooler. Brought to you by Wingstop on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. It is Friday. It is Good Sense Friday here at 93.7 The Ticket. Uh, and it was delicious, and it always is. So uh, just a reminder from us to you, go out and get some Good Sense today because uh, it'll fill you up just like it did us here So good at The Ticket. Uh, it is also our tradition on Friday to bring in our guest, Brian Munson of On3 and Husker Online, as he gets us prepared for uh, – It's uh, I mean, recruiting used to be like a very maybe narrow window or, you know, maybe just a, a certain gaps in the year. Now recruiting is just seems recruiting to be year-round. Recruiting is forever. <laughs> That's right. And uh, at least for us, for the people that just want more football content, it's awesome. So uh, For Brian, somebody that covers recruiting and is always in the <laughs> yeah, recruiting Brian, mindset, I feel like that sucks kind of a little bit. Maybe, maybe, yeah. We should ask him. Brian, is it awesome that, that football recruiting is year-round, or would you like a break uh, every once in a while? <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, Happy New Year, guys. Yeah, Happy New, New Year. year. Uh, I, you know... We get our little breaks in these windows where you get some dead period stuff and you're able to kind of catch your breath. We had a little period there, like, you know, from National Signing Day up to basically Wednesday where, you know, new offers were kind of trickling out. So you got to kind of, you got to recalibrate in those moments, obviously. And then you, then you hit Wednesday and it's like uh, this neat little window that the NCAA put in here for, you know, two year or four year guys that are, that are making mid year transfers. Uh, as opposed to high school kids that, that would that would typically be eligible to kind of go out here, but it's still a dead period for them, but a quiet period for those other guys. You know, I I, I kind of I, I like I, I think I've always I've always termed recruiting as the year-round part of football, and and I think that if you're not doing things this way, where you're not working recruiting year-round, it's going to show in your results. And, and and I think obviously I think the calendar now is a little bit more geared towards you know you need to be doing this stuff year round and the portal adds that element of that as well. Now Brian, with the uh, with the roster crunch that Nebraska is kind of under right now, how many more additions should we be expecting? Because they're they're going to have to lose some players before uh, camp starts. I think they're at ninety two scholarship players. They need to be at eighty five if I'm correct. So they're gonna have to lose some people regardless. But how many more are we, you know, expecting or, or looking at to be added to this roster? Well there's three guys that are in town this week. You've got maybe Malik Hornsby that still kinda hangs out there as another quarterback mm-hmm. transfer uh, that potentially could be added to the roster. I, I don't I don't know exactly where Nebraska is at 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 now with you know with Jeff Sims coming into the room already, um, you, you know you get the three guys this weekend: the interior offensive lineman, an offensive tackle, and a wide receiver. Uh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't completely shut down Nebraska for still trying to find some sort of a tight end, you know, that that, that could come in and sit in the room like right away in the spring semester. So if we're kind of kind of going off of that, I, I feel really pretty good about at least two, if not all three of the guys that are in town over, you know, starting back yesterday all the way through Sunday. Um, and I'm not sure where I'm kind of at with Hornsby anymore. And, and, and I, I think that Jake Roberts uh, as the tight end, the portal transfer tight end, he's eliminated Nebraska and I have not heard any other new names surface there. So I, I'm thinking it's, it's like three, you know, if you're going over under like maybe three and a half, and I probably would go under on that number. 
Um, and I'm thinking it's really going to be like the three guys that are in town right now. Wow, that that's fascinating. I, I I'm glad that you said that because I'm just I I think that Nebraska definitely needs some line help here, and I see the other guy, the other people that are in on these guys, and uh, you know it, it's some stiff competition. So what can you tell us about why maybe you feel pretty good about Nebraska going after um, the ex Baylor guard uh, Micah Mazuka? I think is how you say it, and uh, ex Stanford tackle Walter Rouse. Mazuka, very well done, right there. So yes, <laughs> great pulpit. offensive line, Mazuka. Uh, originally from Baltimore, uh, chose Baylor over like Michigan and Syracuse and uh, Maryland and a bunch of other schools. You know, played 780 snaps at left guard this last year. He started, I don't know how many games it was over the past two seasons. He's going to be, he's a redshirt sophomore. Um, if you go out, you know, and, you, and you're looking around for some film to watch on this guy, <clears throat> go find the Albany game. There's some stuff out there on Twitter that I was kind of looking at earlier this morning. I think he graded out like an 83%, which was which is just insane, and zero pressures. And, and at one time, uh, he was uh, listed as being the sixth highest uh, PFF rating in the nation. Mm. So really talented guy. I mean, for just being a three-star out of high school – this guy is now massive. He's like 6'5", 335. Uh, he's got a mean streak to him. He finishes blocks incredibly well. He's not necessarily going to be, you know, a, a pass pro aficionado necessarily, but this is a road grader. And and, and I think that that's the kind of guy that, that Nebraska is looking for to kind of establish some physical presence, you know, in the trenches on the offensive side. Wow, that's uh, that's fascinating too because I know that at at one time, um, you know, uh, Coach Rule had kind of said that the Nebraska needs to find an identity that their offensive line can kind of build around. So the fact that they're going after road graders, well, that's great for guys like me. Run the ball, guys. That, that's great. <laughs> uh, how about on the other the others? Uh, I guess on the outside of the line, Walter Rouse. Does he look like a, a good chance that Nebraska lands or lands him? And is he a tackle? He is an offensive tackle. That's a six foot six, you know, nearly three hundred and twenty pound player. He's traveling to Oklahoma, Iowa, Nebraska. Uh, started thirty nine games at left tackle over a four year career for Stanford. He had honorable mention Pac twelve uh, honors this past season. He's a, I think it was a, what was it, a biomechanical engineer major at Stanford. Mm. So I, I, if I even said that word right, <laughs> um, that would be an indication about my, my literacy and my, and my, and my memory uh, here. But uh, I, I think he's a really, really brilliant dude. I think he was like a 3.5 guy that was like academic, you know, guy out there in the PAC 12 as well. Um, I, I think what you, what you're obviously looking for there is, so, you know, between Scott and between, uh, Mazuka and, and now between Rouse, you're you're kind of targeting a guy at each one of those three spots. And and I think that when we talk about the the Nebraska offensive line, you you don't talk about it being void of talent. You talk about it being void of, of depth, being void of having those kind of guys that are that are ready to go right now. Because it seems like every time Nebraska was kind of like putting an offensive line out there, you had some guys that had to kind of perform very early in the, in their collegiate careers. And that's a lot of pressure, particularly when it comes to playing offensive line in the Big Ten. You know, Prohaska and, and Lutovsky and, and Piper. Piper played the best he's played all, you know, his entire career this last season. And guess what? It's come through seasoning and development. So if you get a chance and you get some guys like this to take the pressure off some of those younger players that are there in Lincoln, 
I think it's a I think it's a, a double win. You you get this ability to kind of put a more experienced, talented talented unit out there, number one. But then you get a chance to kind of take some pressure off some guys, and you're and you're also developing that depth and the next guys that'll that'll be there to kind of replace them eventually once they kind of moved on. So, yeah, I, I think that Nebraska's in a good spot for Rouse. I think they're in a better spot for Mazuka, and then obviously there's a wide receiver that's going to be in town as well. So just sticking with the offense line before we get to that wide receiver, if, let's say, Nebraska gets those two, you're looking at an offensive line that potentially could have four starters who did not play for Nebraska last season, counting uh, Nori Nueli since he was suspended, where you would have Rouse, Nueli, Ben Scott, and Mazuka, and then that right tackle position is going to be, you know, possibly somebody that that did play for Nebraska unless they go out and get another transfer and and have an entirely new offensive line how well do you see that going for Nebraska for for a uh an area where uh continuity and and trust is very important well we saw some success in the Big Ten with some offensive lines that were plug and playing you know portal transfer guys I think Illinois had a couple of guys that were that were plugged and played and and I, I think that when you you see that success and you know that you're going to get those guys there in time to kind of go through the spring, I mean, this is a you're you're getting there all there at the right time. I mean, you're you're shifting gears completely on the offense. You're still developing your identity. Your identity is going to be somewhat dictated by your personnel, according to to, to Coach Rule. Um, so you're you're going to get those guys back in the room. You're going to figure out what it is that you can and can't do well with the personnel you got. You're going to then develop your identity based on that. So it's it's really about like what you can do in that short amount of time in the spring and what you can kind of do to build some cohesiveness and, and do like what you said, just that chemistry and gelling that's that really as a unit, that's that's what is missing when you when you typically bring in like junior college guys before the, the, the portal transfers and, and and now what you're dealing with with these portal transfers, you've got to find an, an, an instant chemistry. There's got to be an automagically kind of policy thing that's happening there when it comes to bringing those guys in there, and then all of a sudden, instantaneously, you're just better. I mean, you cannot stroke you, you. What you what you what you hope to remove here is is the the struggle time when you hit the ground running and needing those couple three first games uh, of of non conference play to get ready for that conference schedule. You want to come out of the gates and start developing an identity immediately, as opposed to like, well, we're kind of down to seven guys, as opposed to. We got our five, and we think that we've got depth at two or three other spots, and we're still trying to figure out who those ninth, tenth, eleventh guys are. Man, that's a scenario that Nebraska hasn't had in decades. So, uh, I, I do, I do believe that chemistry and gelling is a huge part of playing the offensive line, and that's that's what you could judge the offensive line play typically is that they just don't know how to play together sometimes out there on Saturday afternoons. And you mentioned earlier just the the one more commit that or not commit I should say visitor that Nebraska hopefully it turns into a commit uh, as Nebraska does need some help at wide receiver. Um, this to me I mean Willie Kemp looks like a guy that could be might take over one of the top spots for Nebraska if he does commit. Yeah, Billy Kemp out of out of Virginia, um, five nine, hundred seventy poundish. You know you can kind of see him as a guy that that they can work in some tight spaces, work into the screen game, you know, get, get some, create some mismatches out there. He had 192 catches and, and over 1700 yards um, in his career for the Cavaliers. So you, you know that he's got a ability based on his, his track record there. 
Uh, I think that there are some holes in the room. I, I, I don't think people want to kind of hear that. I, I think, however, when you, you know, you, you talk about Malachi Cohen, which I think will be the next thing we talk about. You talk about Joshua Fleeks, who you're adding to the portal transfer from, from Baylor, and he's going to kind of sit between a couple of rooms between running back and, and, and wide receiver. Um, you, you still then you kind of got to go back and look at the rest of the room and figure out who else is still kind of there and what are kind of the needs. And it's, it's kind of still an offensive line kind of thing. It's not like the room is, is void of talent. It's, it's just, it's, it's void of a lot of receptions. It's void of a lot of, of experience and you've got to get that experience there. And I think guys like, you know, coach McGuire and Fleeks are going to be able to kind of bridge this gap of not understanding, you know, the culture that, that Matt rule wants to bring there or how he did things at Baylor I think you know if, if you got if you got the the offensive lineman to come in with Fleeks and you get McGuire there and you get all these other guys that have worked with Rule before, you start kind of getting this ability to kind of trickle that down. But then you've got a couple guys then that can kind of help that from the inside out from from the roster. So um, I, I think Kemp is a, a critical part to this thing because I think it's going to get kind of overlooked because of people's you know minds being on you know, missing on Cornelius, you know, earlier before the end of the season when he went to Oregon. And you're needing that tackle and you want that guard. But I still think there's a pretty big, significant hole in that wide receiver room. And, you know, one of the crown jewels of Nebraska's uh, re- just recruiting class this past year was Malachi Coleman, and I know you wanted to get to that. Uh, he, I, well, a, a couple things. What are you looking at what, as you watch him? I, th- I believe he's got an all-star, All-American type game uh, coming up this weekend. And then do you think that he projects to be in that wide receiver room at least to start his career at Nebraska? Yeah, I, I do. So tomorrow it's uh, it's on NBC, I believe. Don't, 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 don't take me for uh... – you know, for for uh, gospel on that one, I, I do believe it's on NBC. It's the it's the traditional All American game. It's been rebranded, and that brand's been kind of moved around a little bit. So I, I'm not going to know exactly for sure what it's called. But Malachi has been doing well. He has, you know, a lot of those those plays. A lot of people pick at pick at for being like on air and against like not necessarily live competition, but. When you're going through those on-air, you know, kind of skelly packages, and, and you're going through those parts of your practice, you're you're building that chemistry, you're building that timing, and you, and you want to understand, you know, you want to have basically an understanding between your quarterback and your wide receivers. Like I expect you to be at be here at this point in time, and obviously things things are going to be dialed up a notch tomorrow when you start bringing in combat or uh, contact, and you start bringing in. A little bit more of a hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna jam you off your get off, you know, or you got to take a little bit more time to kind of kind of get off the line of scrimmage. I, I think that some of that stuff will be worked through, but obviously he's looked very good on air. He's looked very good in the practices so far, and I think that he will start out in the, in the wide receiver room for Nebraska. I, I believe that he's exactly what Matt Rule and those guys are 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 dying to get in there with the length and the athleticism and the speed. Uh, I think when you kind of put it all together and his ball skills, you know, you really want him now to spend some time in that weight room and adding some size to that frame and just say, dude, be ready to go and just come in here and absorb and, and develop. And uh, when you're tapped, you know, look forward to playing for the next four years. Speaking of, uh, you know, high school all-star games and switching over to the defensive side, Nebraska got two big commits, uh, Cam Lenhart and Ethan Nation. Can you tell tell us more about uh, those two guys and how big of, big of gets they are for, for this Husker football team? 
Yeah, Cameron Lenhart is obviously a recommit. He visited in June, committed in July, silently held his commitment till August, then decommitted in September after uh, actually Shenander was was fired after the Oklahoma game. Um, and then he kind of, you know, was out there just focusing on the season, and then Nebraska re-entered the picture for him after Matt Rule was hired. So uh, Nebraska fans are pretty familiar with Lenhart. Lenhart's a guy that he's going to be interesting to see where he actually ends up. Is he going to be that hybrid kind of outside in the 30 stack? Is he going to be a hand-in-the-dirt guy? Based on the guy on, on who's recruiting him, I would say he's more of a down lineman. And he kind of sat between, you know, sitting there as a three and a five as a defensive lineman. Uh, this season kind of out of necessity because I think they had some injuries at IMG, but he's also got an ability to play in a two point, even out in space where he's like jamming guys off the line of scrimmage, dropping off into, into, into cover two. He's done some things out there. He's, he's comfortable basically doing it all. Um, and he's a real mature guy. I mean, he's a, he's a captain for that defensive unit at IMG this last year. So it tells you a lot about his character, but flipping over to Ethan nation now, a slightly undersized corner kind of reminds me, you know, in the in the in the mold of a Baron Miles, um, where you've got really a guy that does all these other things just so extraordinarily well between the back pedal and the and the hips and and flipping them, and just the ability to go find the football. He's got that kind of playmaking ability. He's just not that five eleven and a half six foot tall guy. So when you hear about him and he tells you that Nebraska's saying, "Hey, all the spots in the secondary are opened up." I, I do kind of feel like he's a better fit to the field, to the nickel. Um, could he be a stretch in the, in, the, in the boundary? Yeah, sure, because I think that he's just so talented and so gifted with his ball skills. But I think you're still looking for that larger presence uh, over there at the boundary side as opposed to a guy that's five foot ten. But two good pickups for Nebraska. Cameron Linhart actually is an early enroller. Ethan Nation is not. Hmm. Okay, that'll be interesting to watch out for. And uh, yes, that Malachi Coleman game, it, it, I, I was struggling with it too because it's no longer the U.S. Army All-American Bowl game, which right. I usually remember it coming up with. But he will be playing. It is that traditional NBC game, uh, and he will be playing on the west side. So if you're looking out for Malachi tomorrow. West side? Uh, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of top 100 players out there. So he'll be uh, he'll be cutting his teeth against some of the best in the nation. Uh, last, as we wrap things up here with Brian Munson of Husker Online and on three, uh, we had a question earlier on the text line, so I wanted to wrap around to it. Um, and it's uh, it's not the funnest uh, question probably to answer, but it is what it is. How do, how will Nebraska get down from their uh, scholarship limit where they're up? Uh, I know Rico mentioned it earlier, but how does that happen? Is it you know just kind of naturally wait for the transfer portal, or are you got to kind of make some moves there? Well, you know they, 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 the the previous coaching staff had done evaluations and handed it off to Matt Rule and his current staff. They have gone <clears throat> through those evaluations. They have they have had one-on-ones with most of their roster. They, they probably have urged a couple kids to take a look around. Some of those kids have jumped into the portal. Some of those kids have jumped into the draft. Um, they found some ways to, to, to get numbers, some other different ways. I, I think that when you kind of come out of this holiday time and you're kind of shaking off the, the haze of, of St. Nick and, and the egg dog and stuff like that, I think that some things kind of start to set in a little bit about, what it is that you're going back to and, and whether or not it's worth your time and whether or not it's time for you to kind of just go ahead and move on. So I, I think you're still going to see some movement here. And then again, Nebraska, you know, is going to have to make those cuts one way or another. You're going to have to get to 85 one way or another. 
if it comes down to it and they, and they just can't find people that are willing to kind of participate in, in the evaluations that have been handed to them and the, and the, and the one-on-one meetings that they've kind of had to kind of express that you, you're not going to play here, they will have to go ahead and get into, you know, the, the scholarship not being renewed. Uh, that, that shouldn't mm. come as a, as basically a shock if some of those guys are, had had those tough conversations with the Nebraska staff, but that's just, this is just the, the, this is just the, the, the method of the madness now. This yeah. is this is the beast. This is coming at you right now. So they're they're going to have to get down to that number one way or another. They've already expressed their opinions based on the evaluations by the previous staff. They've already looked at that practice film more than likely of what they had from the year before. And they've shared that with those guys. But I, I think, you know, like even some guys too that jumped into the portal that all of a sudden, you know, they're still out there and maybe people are thinking they're gonna jump back. I don't. I wouldn't necessarily count on that either. I don't. I think once you kind of walked out the door, I think that that's going to kind of end your, you know, what your time was in Lincoln too. So that'd be a very interesting thing to keep an eye on here in the next couple of weeks. Oh, that will be very interesting. Something to kind of food for thought for as we let you go. Uh, but Brian, thanks again for joining us, and thanks for uh, always entertaining, always very, uh, very. Uh, what am I trying to say? I have no idea what you're trying to say. <laughs> well, you help us learn more is what I'm trying to say. There's a word for it. Uh, but again, we're not as small as Walter Rouse, so we just kind of act in, like it. Enlightening. Wrong. Enlightening. There, there it is. Go. Enlightening. Usually I say it, but uh, I'm not very enlightened today. But okay. I'm more enlightened now thanks to you, Brian. So thanks again. Have a great weekend, guys. We'll <laughs> right, see you. There he goes. See ya. Brian Munson, Husker Online. Hey, words on are hard. Three. Huh? Words are hard, man. Words are hard sometimes, and you know, at least I just kind of described the word, and maybe that helped out a little bit. But it got him. It didn't. It, it, it didn't yeah, get to me. Like you said, you know. not as smart as Walter. <laughs> yes. Biochemistry engineering. I don't even yeah. know what it was. He's a very smart guy. At Stanford. Yeah, and was, he's doing yeah. he's doing smart guy things. Yeah, and he's big. Yeah. Well, that's a great duo, big and smart. Look. Can't get much better than that. <laughs> All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we will talk more about many stuff going on around college football. And of course, what is going on in Minnesota? They've lost three of their coaches. They're, now this offensive coordinator now moving on to Rutgers. That'll be three coaches in the last couple of weeks to other Big Ten schools. Uh-oh, PJ, who's rowing the boat? We'll talk about it next year on 93.7 The Ticket on the Ticket Water Cooler.